0: Hello there, and welcome to this episode of Down to Sleep. This is a podcast of softly spoken stories and audiobooks to help you get a good night's rest. If you enjoy bedtime stories, or maybe you just need some noise to help you drift off at night, this is the podcast for you. If you would like to hear more of this book, please do let me know in a comment, and give this podcast a positive review. If you have found this podcast useful and you would like to support it, you can get rewards by joining me on Patreon at patreon.com slash downtosleep. You get access to two new readings every single week as the podcast continues, as well as access to every single reading so far, which is currently over 160 readings. There are also complete and full audiobooks to download read by me, such as Coraline and The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, and many more. I hope that you enjoy this podcast and find it useful. Now, let's go ahead and take a nice deep breath and let's get down to sleep with Charlotte's Web. Chapter One Before Breakfast Out to the hog house, replied Mrs. Arable. Some pigs were born last night. I don't see why he needs an axe, continued Fern, who was only eight. Well, said her mother, One of the pigs is a runt. It's very small, and weak. It will never amount to anything. So your father has decided to do away with it. Do away with it, shrieked Fern. You mean, kill it, just because it's smaller than the others? Mrs. Arable put a pitcher of cream on the table. Don't yell, Fern. Your father is right. The pig would probably die anyway. Fern pushed a chair out of the way and ran outdoors. The grass was wet. The earth smelled of springtime. Fern's sneakers were sopping by the time she caught up with her father. Please don't kill it, she sobbed. It's unfair. Mr. Arable stopped walking. Fern, he said gently, you will have to learn to control yourself. Control myself, yelled Fern. This is a matter of life and death, and you talk about controlling myself. Tears ran down her cheeks, and she took hold of the axe and tried to pull it out of her father's hand. Fern, said Mr. Arable, I know more about raising a litter of pigs than you do. A weakling makes trouble. Now run along. But it's unfair, cried Fern. The pig couldn't help being born small, could it? If I had been very small at birth, would you have killed me? Mr. Arable smiled. Certainly not, he said, looking down at his daughter with love. But this is different. A little girl is one thing. A little runty pig is another. I see no difference, replied Fern, still hanging on to the axe. This is the most terrible case of injustice that I ever heard of. A queer look came over John Arable's face. He seemed almost ready to cry himself. "'All right,' he said. "'You go back to the house, and I will bring the runt when I come in. "'I'll let you raise it on a bottle, like a baby. "'Then you'll see what a trouble a pig can be.'" When Mr. Arable returned to the house half an hour later, he carried a carton under his arm. Fern was upstairs changing her sneakers, The kitchen table was set for breakfast. The room smelt of coffee, bacon, damp plaster, and wood smoke from the stove. Put it on her chair, said Mrs. Arable. Mr. Arable set the carton down at Fern's place. Then he walked to the sink and washed his hands and dried them on the roller towel. Fern came slowly down the stairs. Her eyes were red from crying. As she approached her chair, the carton wobbled, and there was a scratching noise. She lifted the lid of the carton. There inside, looking up at her, was the newborn pig. It was a white one. The morning light shone through its ears, turning them pink. "'He's yours,' said Mr. Arable. Saved from an untimely death.' And may the good Lord forgive me for this foolishness. Fern couldn't take her eyes off the tiny pig. Oh, she whispered. Oh, look at him. He's absolutely perfect. She closed the carton carefully. First, she kissed her father. Then, she kissed her mother. Then, she opened the lid again, lifted the pig out, and held it against her cheek. At this moment, her brother Avery came into the room. Avery was ten. He was heavily armed, an air rifle in one hand and a wooden dagger in the other. What's that? he demanded. What's Fern got? She's got a guest for breakfast, said Mrs. Arable. Wash your hands and face, Avery. Let's see it, said Avery, setting his gun down. "'You call that miserable thing a pig?' "'That's a fine specimen of a pig, "'no bigger than a white rat.' "'Wash up and eat your breakfast, Avery,' "'said his mother. "'The school bus will be along in half an hour.' "'Can I have a pig too, Pop?' "'asked Avery.' "'No. "'I only distribute pigs to early risers,' "'said Mr. Arable. "'Fern was up at daylight, "'trying to rid the world of injustice. "'As a result,' She now has a pig. A small one, to be sure, but nevertheless, a pig. It just shows what can happen if a person gets out of bed promptly. Let's eat. Fern couldn't eat until her pig had had a drink of milk. Mrs. Arable found a baby's nursing bottle and a rubber nipple. She poured warm milk into the bottle, fitted the nipple over the top, and handed it to Fern. "'Give him his breakfast,' she said. "'A minute later, Fern was seated on the floor, "'in the corner of the kitchen, "'with her infant between her knees, "'teaching it to suck from the bottle. "'The pig, although tiny, had a good appetite, "'and caught on quickly. "'The school bus honked from the road. "'Run,' commanded Mrs. Arable, "'taking the pig from Fern, slipping a doughnut.' into her hand. Avery grabbed his gun and another donut. The children ran to the road and climbed into the bus. Fern took no notice of the others in the bus. She just sat and stared out the window, thinking what a blissful world it was, how lucky she was to have entire charge of a pig. By the time the bus reached school, Fern had named her pet, selecting the most beautiful name she could think of. Its name is Wilbur, she whispered to herself. She was still thinking about the pig when the teacher said, Fern, what's the capital of Pennsylvania? Wilbur, replied Fern dreamily. The pupils giggled. Fern blushed. Chapter 2 Wilbur Fern loved Wilbur more than anything. She loved to stroke him, to feed him, to put him to bed. Every morning, as soon as she got up, she warmed his milk, tied his bib on, and held the bottle for him. Every afternoon, when the school bus stopped in front of her house, she jumped out and ran to the kitchen to fix another bottle for him. She fed him again at supper time, and again just before going to bed. Mrs. Arable gave him a feeding around noontime each day, when Fern was away in school. Wilbur loved his milk. He was never happier than when Fern was warming up a bottle for him. He would stand and gaze up at her with adoring eyes. For the first few days of his life, Wilbur was allowed to live in a box near the stove in the kitchen. Then, when Mrs. Arable complained, He was moved to a bigger box in the woodshed. At two weeks of age, he was moved outdoors. It was apple blossom time, and the days were getting warmer. Mr. Arable fixed a small yard specially for Wilbur under an apple tree. Gave him a large wooden box full of straw with a doorway cut in it, so he could walk in and out as he pleased. Won't he be cold at night? asked Fern. No, said her father. You watch and see what he does. Carrying a bottle of milk, Fern sat down under the apple tree inside the yard. Wilbur ran to her. She held the bottle for him while he sucked. When he had finished the last drop, he grunted and walked sleepily into the box. Fern peered through the door. Wilbur was poking the straw with his snout. In a short time, he had dug a tunnel in the straw. He crawled into the tunnel and disappeared from sight, completely covered with straw. Fern was enchanted. It relieved her mind to know that her baby would sleep covered up and would stay warm. Every morning after breakfast... Wilbur walked out to the road with Fern and waited with her till the bus came. She would wave good-bye to him, and he would stand and watch the bus until it vanished round a turn. While Fern was in school, Wilbur was shut up inside his yard, but as soon as she got home in the afternoon, she would take him out. He would follow her round the place. If she went into the house, Wilbur went too if she went upstairs. Wilbur would wait at the bottom step until she came down again. If she took her doll for a walk in the doll carriage, Wilbur followed along. Sometimes on these journeys, Wilbur would get tired. Fern would pick him up and put him in the carriage alongside the doll. He liked this, and if he was very tired, he would close his eyes and go to sleep under the doll's blanket. He looked cute when his eyes were closed because his lashes were so long. The doll would close her eyes too and Fern would wheel the carriage very slowly and smoothly as not to wake her infants. One warm afternoon, Fern and Avery put on bathing suits and went down to the brook for a swim. Wilbur tagged along at Fern's heels. When she waded into the brook, Wilbur waded in with her. He found the water quite cold, too cold for his liking. So while the children swam and played and splashed water at each other, Wilbur amused himself in the mud along the edge of the brook, where it was warm and moist and delightfully sticky and oozy. Every day was a happy day, and every night was peaceful. Wilbur was what farmers call a spring pig, which simply means he was born in springtime. When he was five weeks old, Mr. Arable said he was now big enough to sell and would have to be sold. Fern broke down and wept, but her father was firm about it. Wilbur's appetite had increased. He was beginning to eat scraps of food in addition to milk, Mr. Arable was not willing to provide for him any longer. He had already sold Wilbur's ten brothers and sisters. "'He's got to go, Fern,' he said. "'You've had your fun raising a baby pig, but Wilbur is not a baby any longer. He's got to be sold.' "'Call up the Zuckermans,' suggested Mrs. Arable to Fern. "'Your Uncle Homer sometimes raises a pig. If Wilbur goes there to live—' You can walk down the road and visit him as often as you like. How much money should I ask for him, Fern wanted to know. Well, said her father, he's a runt. Tell your Uncle Homer you've got a pig you'll sell for six dollars. See what he says. It was soon arranged. Fern phoned and got her Aunt Edith, and her Aunt Edith hollered for Uncle Homer and Uncle Homer came in from the barn and talked to Fern. When he heard that the price was only six dollars, he said he would buy the pig. Next day, Wilbur was taken from his home under the apple tree and went to live in a manure pile in the cellar of Zuckerman's barn. Chapter 3. Escape The barn was very large. It was very old, it smelled of hay and it smelled of manure, it smelled of the perspiration of tired horses, the wonderful sweet breath of patient cows. It often had a sort of peaceful smell, as though nothing bad could ever happen again. It smelled of grain, of harness dressing and axle grease. "'of rubber boots and of new rope. "'And whenever the cat was given a fish head to eat, "'the barn would smell of fish. "'But mostly it smelled of hay, "'for there was always hay in the great loft up overhead, "'and there was always hay being pitched down "'to the cows and the horses and the sheep. "'The barn was pleasantly warm in the winter, "'when the animals spent most of their time indoors.' It was pleasantly cool in summer, when the big doors stood wide open to the breeze. The barn had stalls on the main floor for the workhorses, tie-ups on the main floor for the cows, a sheepfold down below for the sheep, a pigpen down below for Wilbur. It was full of all sorts of things you would find in barns. Ladders, grindstones, pitchforks, monkey wrenches. Scythes, lawn mowers, snow shovels, axe handles, milk pails, water buckets, empty grain sacks, and rusty rat traps. It was the kind of barn that swallows like to build their nests in. It was the kind of barn that children like to play in, and the whole thing was earned by Fern's uncle, Mr. Homer L. Zuckman. Wilbur's new home was in the lower part of the barn, directly underneath the cows. Mr. Zuckerman knew that a manure pile is a good place to keep a young pig. Pigs needed warmth. It was warm and comfortable down there in the barn cellar. Fern came almost every day to visit him. She found an old milking stool that had been discarded. She placed the stool in the sheepfold next to Wilbur's pen. Here she sat quietly during long afternoons, thinking, listening, and watching Wilbur. The sheep soon got to know her and trust her. So did the geese who lived with the sheep. All the animals trusted her. She was so quiet and friendly. Mr. Zuckerman did not allow her to take Wilbur out, and he did not allow her to get into the pig pen. But he told fern she could sit on the stool and watch wilbur as long as she wanted to it made her happy just to be near the pig it made wilbur happy to know she was sitting there right outside his pen but he never had any fun no walks no rides no swims one afternoon in june when wilbur was almost two months old He wandered out into his small yard outside the barn. Fern had not arrived for her usual visit. Wilbur stood in the sun, feeling lonely and bored. There's never anything to do round here, he thought. He walked slowly to his food trough and sniffed to see if anything had been overlooked at lunch. He found a small strip of potato skin and ate it. His back itched, so he leaned against the fence and rubbed against the boards. When he tired of this, he walked indoors, climbed to the top of the manure pile and sat down. He didn't feel like going to sleep. He didn't feel like digging. He was tired of standing still, tired of lying down. I'm less than two months old and I'm tired of living, he said. He walked out to the yard again. When I'm out here, he said, there's no place to go but in. When I'm indoors, there's no place to go but out in the yard. That's where you're wrong, my friend, my friend, said a voice. Wilbur looked through the fence and saw the goose standing there. You don't have to stay in that dirty little, dirty little, dirty little yard, said the goose, who talked rather fast. One of the boards is loose. Push on it push, push, push on it. Come on out. What? said Wilbur. Say it slower. At, 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 at risk of repeating myself, said the goose, I suggest you come on out. It's wonderful out here. Did you say a board was loose? That I did, that I did, said the goose. Wilbur walked up to the fence and saw that the goose was right. One board was loose. He put his head down, shut his eyes, and pushed. The board gave way. In a minute, he had squeezed through the fence and was standing in the long grass outside his yard. The goose chuckled. How does it feel to be free? she asked. I like it, said Wilbur. That is, I guess I like it. Actually, Wilbur felt queer to be outside his fence. Nothing between him and the big world. "'Where do you think I'd better go?' "'Anywhere you like, anywhere you like,' said the goose. "'Go down through the orchard, uh, root up the sod. "'Go down through the garden, dig up the radishes, root up everything. "'Eat grass, look for corn, look for oats, run all over, skip and dance, jump and prance. "'Go down through the orchard and stroll in the woods.' the world is a wonderful place when you're young. I can see that, replied Wilbur. He gave a jump in the air and twirled, ran a few steps, stopped, looked all around, sniffed the smells of afternoon and set off walking down through the orchard. Pausing in the shade of an apple tree, he put his strong snout into the ground and began pushing, digging and rooting. He felt very happy. He had ploughed up quite a piece of ground before anyone noticed him. Mrs. Zuckerman was the first to see him. She saw him from the kitchen window. She immediately shouted for the men. Homer, she cried. Pigs out. Lurvie, the pig's out. Homer, Lurvie, the pig's out. He's down there under that apple tree. Now the trouble starts, thought Wilbur now I'll catch it. The goose heard the racket. She, too, started hollering. Run, 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 downhill. Make for the woods, the woods. She shouted to Wilbur. They'll never, never, never catch you in the woods. The cocker spaniel heard the commotion. He ran out from the barn to join the chase. Mr. Zuckerman heard, and he came out of the machine shed where he was mending a tool. Lurvie, The hired man heard the noise and came up from the asparagus patch where he was pulling weeds. Everybody walked towards Wilbur, and Wilbur didn't know what to do. The wood seemed a long way off, and anyway, he'd never been down there in the woods and wasn't sure he would like it. "'Get round behind him, Lurvie,' said Mr. Zuckerman.' Drive him towards the barn. Take it easy. Don't rush him. I'll go and get a bucket of slop. The news of Wilbur's escape spread rapidly among the animals of the place. Whenever any creature broke loose on Zuckerman's farm, the event was of great interest to the others. The goose shouted to the nearest cow that Wilbur was free, and soon all the cows knew. Then one of the cows told one of the sheep and soon all the sheep knew. The lambs learned about it from their mothers. The horses in their stalls in the barn pricked up their ears when they heard the goose hollering. Soon the horses had caught on to what was happening. Will was out, they said. Every animal stirred its head and became excited to know that one of its friends had got free and was no longer penned up or tied fast. Wilbur didn't know what to do, or which way to run. It seemed as though everybody was after him. If this is what it's like to be free, he thought, I believe I'd rather be penned up in my own yard. The cocker spaniel was sneaking up on him from one side. Lurvie, the hired man, was sneaking up on him from the other side. Mrs. Zuckerman stood ready to head him off if he started for the garden, And now Mr. Zuckerman was coming towards him, carrying a pail. This is really awful, thought Wilbur. Why doesn't Fern come? He began to cry. The goose took command and began to give orders. Don't just stand there, Wilbur. Dodge about, dodge about, cried the goose. Skip around, run towards me, slip in and out, in and out, in and out, and make for the woods. Twist and turn. The cocker spaniel sprang for Wilbur's hind leg. Wilbur jumped and ran. Lurvie reached out and grabbed. Mrs. Zuckerman screamed at Lurvie. The goose cheered for Wilbur. Wilbur dodged between Lurvie's legs. Lurvie missed Wilbur and grabbed the spaniel instead. Nicely done, nicely done, cried the goose. "Uh, Try it again. Run downhill, suggested the cows. Run towards me, yelled the gander. Run uphill, cried the sheep. Turn and twist, honked the goose. Jump up and dance, said the rooster. Look out for Lurvie, called the cows. Look out for Zuckerman, yelled the gander. Watch out for the dog, cried the sheep. Listen to me, listen to me, screamed the goose. Poor Wilbur was dazed, frightened by this hullabaloo. He didn't like being the center of all this fuss. He tried to follow the instructions that his friends were giving him. But he couldn't run downhill and uphill at the same time. He couldn't turn and twist when he was jumping and dancing. And he was crying so hard he could barely see anything that was happening. After all, Wilbur was a very young pig. Not much more than a baby, really. He wished Fern were here to take him in her arms and comfort him. When he looked up and saw Mr. Zuckerman standing quite close to him, holding a pail of warm slop, he felt relieved. He lifted his nose and sniffed. The smell was delicious. Warm milk, potato skins, wheat middlings, toasted cornflakes and... "'A pop-over left from the Zuckerman's breakfast. "'Come, pig,' said Mr. Zuckerman, tapping the pail. "'Come, pig.' "'Wilbur took a step towards the pail. "'No, no, no, no,' said the goose. "'It's the old pail trick, Wilbur. "'Don't fall for it. "'He's trying to lure you back into captivity. "'He's appealing to your stomach.' "'Wilbur didn't care. "'The food smelled appetizing.' He took another step towards the pail. Pig, pig, said Mr. Zuckerman in a kind voice, walking slowly towards the barnyard, looking all about him innocently, as if he didn't know that a little white pig was following behind him. You'll be sorry, sorry, called the goose. Wilbur didn't care. He kept walking towards the pail of slop, "'You'll miss your freedom,' honked the goose. "'An hour of freedom's worth a barrel of slop.' Wilbur didn't care. When Mr. Zuckerman reached the pigpen, he climbed over the fence and poured the slops into the trough. He pulled the loose board away from the fence so there was a wide hole for Wilbur to walk through. "'Reconsider, reconsider,' cried the goose. Wilbur paid no attention. He stepped through the fence into his yard. He walked to the trough and took a long drink of slops, sucking in the milk hungrily and chewing the popover. It was good to be home again. While Wilbur ate, Lurvie fetched a hammer and some eightpenny nails, nailed the board in place, then he and Mr. Zuckerman leaned lazily on the fence, and Mr. Zuckerman scratched Wilbur's back with a stick. He's quite a pig, said Lurvie. Yeah, he'll make a good pig, said Mr. Zuckerman. Wilbur heard the words of praise. He felt the warm milk inside his stomach. He felt the pleasant rubbing of the stick along his itchy back. He felt peaceful and happy and sleepy this had been a tiring afternoon it was still only about four o'clock but wilbur was ready for bed i'm really too young to go out into the world alone he thought as he lay down and that is where we close the book tonight on this episode of down to sleep if you would like to hear more of this book please do let me know in a comment leave a positive review, or consider joining me on Patreon, as that will be the place where it continues first. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed this reading, that has helped you relax, and I hope you're not even hearing my voice right now. But if you are, there are over 80 other episodes for you to check out, and let's see what we can do with helping you get down to sleep tonight. Until next time, I hope to see you here next week. All that's left for me to say is thank you. And good night.